Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. No Mike Greenberg today, but you get Amber Wilson and Michael Rothstein. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Mike Rothstein. You can give me a follow as well, at Amber W Sports. Also, we love to hear from you. Be a part of Greeny on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't a college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. And it was a deserving win for the Los Angeles Chargers last night. Justin Herbert, Michael, threw for 235 yards. Cameron Dicker made two short field goals for the Chargers. They won their third straight game. They also got a lot of help from their friends. They got the help that they needed over the weekend from Las Vegas, from Miami, from New England, and from the New York Jets. When all four of those teams lost, the Chargers simply needed a win last night to clinch a playoff spot. They did just that on Monday Night Football, beating the Indianapolis Colts twenty to three. Justin Herbert is headed to a postseason. Yeah, well, by the way, they uh, add to the friend list there the Indianapolis Colts because Nick Foles was terrible last night. He threw three interceptions. He was sacked. It looked like every time I looked up at the television screen, Nick Foles was running for his life and then ended up on the ground. The Chargers' defense was fantastic, and I think what we're seeing now, Amber, is what the Chargers thought they might be when they were healthy because for so much of this season as it is part of chargering and part of living in chargers land you have devastating injuries all across your team position groups get completely decimated but their wide receivers are back Keenan Allen Mike Williams starting to look pretty good they still have Austin Eckler at running back on defense you're starting to see Khalil Mack Bosa those guys are all playing together this is the chargers team that I thought we'd see that would contend for the AFC Championship that I talked about before the season started. I think we're starting to see them round into form. They're going to be a tough out come the playoffs. Now that Amber, they're officially in the playoffs, and we get to see Herbert play in mid-January for the first time ever. For the first time ever. So we assume maybe that they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. We've never actually seen it, so we don't know. You mentioned Keenan Allen there. He said... After the game, quote unquote, it's been a while. And I think that about sums it up. Keenan Allen had uh, caught 11 passes last night, 104 yards. That was his sixth straight 100-yard game on the road. The way that things have been trending for Keenan Allen is the way that things have been trending for this Chargers team, though. They're one of those teams that's getting hot at the right time, right? Brandon Gall and I did this show yesterday, and we were talking about how much that scares you, these teams that start heating up towards the end of the season. We saw it with the Bengals getting healthy and getting right 
towards the end of last season, and then we know what they did last postseason. It feels like that, frankly, for the Bengals again. The Chargers, one of those teams as well, where they were wildly disappointing through the first half of the season, because I think we all had those expectations. You talked about your expectations for this team as we headed into the season. A lot of us had them in that AFC picture headed into the season, and it felt like for the first half of the season that somehow we'd gotten it wrong, even though you have Justin Herbert under center, even though you have those pieces defensively as as well, that somehow we were all wrong on things clicking. Of course, there was going to be a lot of heat then on Brandon Staley and that coaching staff, but now they've made a postseason, which was the expectation Does the heat come off of Brandon Staley a bit more if they win in the postseason? Or do you think just them clinching, just them making it was enough, Staley's good to go? We don't need to talk about Sean Payton right now. I think it makes it a little bit lighter, right? Like you win a game or two in the postseason, you're probably sitting there and saying, yeah, you're pretty good. You're pretty safe. However, like you mentioned, Sean Payton. If Sean Payton says, you know what, I really want this job, and I'm getting back into coaching this year. Whatever job will take me, I want, but that's the one I want. That becomes very tricky, and I think it becomes very tricky for a number of potential coaching situations, but especially the Los Angeles, I almost called them San Diego, but Los Angeles Chargers, because of the offense that they already have built in. You have a star in Austin Eckler. You have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. Your two receivers on the outside are pretty darn good. And by the way, don't forget Palmer. He's the guy that had to fill in a lot, Josh Palmer, when Keenan Allen, when Mike Williams was hurt. And he looks like a guy who could be a player as well. So your your receiving core is fairly deep too. Remember, they're also doing this without Rashawn Slater, their left tackle. He'll be back next year. Like there's a lot of talent on that offense and then defensively, Amber, you have Bosa. You have mm-hmm. Khalil Mack. JC Jackson's out for the year, but he'll be back next year as well. Asante Samuel the second is a rising cornerback who's going to be a top 10, top 15 corner in the league. The talent is there on this Chargers team. You just need them to all stay healthy. And if you're a coach, that's the best situation to walk into. But right now, I don't think that that's a job that's going to be open. I don't think it's a job that's open either now that they've clinched. I do think had they not made it to another postseason here, Staley's seat would have been very uncomfortably hot. I think now what his team did last night and again, those four other teams losing, they're now in the postseason for the Chargers. I think, frankly, that was the goal. A win, I think, would be icing on the cake in the postseason. I don't think it's necessary, though, for Staley to get another opportunity here. Brandon Staley, he is the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. He was asked last night after the game about about clinching the playoffs. I think it's just the beginning, just the beginning. Uh, This is not our final goal. Uh, We expected to be at this point. Um, I'm really proud of how this season has gone for our football team and and what we've been able to demonstrate in order to make it into the postseason. Um, That's probably what I'm most proud of, not just being in it, but how we made it, what it took for us to get in. Um, But, you know, this is just the beginning for us. Playoffs? (laughs) We are talking about playoffs. They are in. uh, And so playoffs certainly was a goal. But you heard Staley say they're not the only goal. I would imagine winning a Super Bowl is the goal for any team in the NFL. But particularly when you have Justin Herbert under center. Because I think we all think that he's that level of talent. Over 4,200 passing yards so far this season. 21 touchdowns this season to 10 interceptions. We know Justin Herbert has the goods. And as you mentioned, the rest of that roster, frankly, on paper, and even though some of those pieces missed, because of injury, certainly this roster has the goods overall. Yeah, well, part of that too, Amber, is that they have an established running game. Because sometimes when we see teams throw, and throw a lot, like when I covered the Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford threw over and over and over, and his run run game was atrocious, and that was part of the problem. 
they have a very established run game here. Austin Eckler's double digit rushing touchdowns this year. Like he's legitimate. He's a legitimate, I think, top ten running back in the NFL. And a top five running back in fantasy if you care about those sorts of things. They have the offensive balance, and that's what I think makes them dangerous, especially when we're talking about the postseason. It does always make me laugh, though. Like, just once, Amber, when you hear a coach who has made the play- who's made the playoffs, who's not made the playoffs before, just one time, I'd love to hear the coach be like, yeah, you know what? This was our goal, to make right. the playoffs. Anything else that happens from here, that's awesome. That's gravy. Like, that's bonuses for everybody. Win, win, win. But our goal was to make the playoffs. We're here, and now we're going to do something about it. Not say, well, that's nice, but it's not our ultimate goal. No, get out of here with that coach speak. Let's just let's have some fun with it. It is I coach just- speak. Absolutely. It is 100% coach speak. Uh, with this team, though, I do think that they will have loftier goals in the future. I agree with you. I think the goal here was, hey, let's make a po- let's get Justin Herbert to a postseason, see how it goes. I'm not sure it frankly matters how it goes because I think that you will get this coaching staff and this roster intact next season for another opportunity, frankly, because the goal was, I think, to make a postseason. But that doesn't mean that they don't have the goods to actually make some noise here in sure. the postseason. Because, again, a team getting hot at the right time. And we know about that talent under center, Justin Herbert. He is the quarterback of the Chargers. He was also asked last night after the game about making the playoffs. I think it's a great sign for all the hard work that we put in this year. And, and we've definitely dealt with our adversity, our fair share. Um, but, you know, the story of the day was the defense stepping up big time, getting those stops. And, um, you know, there's plenty of room for improvement for our offense. Um, but, you know, it, it's a good sign for us of, of things to come. A good sign for things to come. He sounded a little bit more like, hey, we reached a goal here than Staley did. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the other thing. I do appreciate that he was like, yo, listen, it was the defense. It was the defense. Because here's the other part of this that I think might get lost in this game. Derwin James made a really boneheaded play. Like, this is one of your leaders in your secondary. This is one of your leaders on your defense. This is a guy who's been through all of the change. Right, and there a lot of people feel bad for him because he keeps having injuries, but he's been healthy and he's been the player that everyone thought he would be, and I think he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. He gets ejected last night. He's in concussion protocol now because of a helmet to helmet hit on Ashton Doolin. But and it and it was a blatant hit. It was a the second it happened, you're like, Oh, that guy's gone. If he was playing college football, that's targeting you bye bye, see you in a game and a half or or whatever the penalty is now. That, to me, is like, that was a moment where I'm like, you know what? If that was against any other team, any team with a semblance of an offense and not having Nick Foles throwing up beach balls to get intercepted, they might lose that game because of a poor decision from one of their leaders. That's the stuff that the Chargers do that get in their own way that they need to figure out if they're going to do anything in the postseason, Amber. Well, that certainly can come to bite you in the postseason. But today, a good day for Chargers fans, so they're probably not worrying about that just yet. They will be shortly, though. They certainly will be (laughs) shortly because the goalpost always moves. Now that you made a postseason, of course, it's going to be what can they get done in the postseason. Greeny is on ESPN Radio, which is brought to you by Peacock, presenting the new original limited series, The Best Man, The Final Chapters, from the creator of The Best Man and The Best Man Holiday and executive producer of Insecure, streaming now only on Peacock. I am so in on that. I love the movie, The Best Man. Uh, coming up here on Greeny, Amber Wilson and Michael Rostein filling in for Mike Greenberg. The Dolphins are in a playoff fight, but they have bigger problems to address. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. When Tua had that hit, which is all over social media now, it's easy for any of us to go back and say, oh, that's when he got hit. But that's where somebody should have said, hey, we're going to take him out of the game and at least go through the procedures. If you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, it, it actually impacted his performance. I just hope they do right by Tua in this situation. And you know he's going to want to play because as players, we want to play. Take care of the person over the player. Do what's right for his family for the yes. long-term future. Greeny on ESPN Radio is brought to you by Peacock. Peacock presenting the new original limited series, The Best Man, the final chapters from the creator of The Best Man and The Best Man Holiday and executive producer of Insecure Streaming Now. Only on Peacock, Amber Wilson and Michael Rostein hanging out with you here on Greeny and big news out of Miami where the Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavaloa, Michael, has entered the NFL's concussion protocol that comes just a day after the team lost on Christmas to the Green Bay Packers. Coach Mike McDaniel said Tungavaloa displayed and admitted to having concussion symptoms when he spoke to team doctors on Monday. He was immediately placed into protocol. McDaniel added that he's unsure on which play Tungavaloa might have initially suffered the concussion. You heard it there on the way in from Tannebaum that there are videos circulating all over the internet uh, where people are theorizing that the play he might have suffered a concussion on is one where his head hit the ground. And that's a story that we've heard before with Tua as well, that the ground is what's essentially causing him these concussions. The hit wasn't an ugly hit or anything like that. It wasn't anything 
uh, that, you know, you necessarily noticed at the time. But when you look back on that play, that was probably the moment. And that was early in the game. So did he stay in the game in a scenario that maybe the NFL or the Dolphins should have taken another look at it? Again, not an ugly hit, though. And so it's hard to decipher all of this, Michael. But you have Tua now potentially with a third concussion in a single season. We know he's had two others previously. We don't know for sure that this was a concussion, but he's in protocol. Well, yeah, it gets a little bit murky, too. And Marcel and I did radio last night, Marcel Louis-Jacques, who covers the Dolphins for us. And that we got into that a little bit because we don't know for sure whether the hit in week three was definitively a concussion because mm-hmm. he was not put in protocol then and we don't know right now whether or not it is definitively a protocol based off of what Mike McDaniel said that they just put him in protocol because he was displaying symptoms but not it has not been diagnosed yet that was as of Monday evening these things of course change I imagine that we'll get a lot more information on Wednesday when Mike McDaniel is supposed to talk with the media again this is an ugly situation for the NFL because the NFL for as much as they say they do and they were trying to be right by players with concussions and they do players right by brain injuries they do not because let's be honest too if you are in a press box and there's a player being evaluated for a concussion or a brain injury it is announced as a head injury they don't say the word concussion they don't say the word brain injury like that to me says you're not saying what it truly is you're saying head injury like, to me, there's a lot that I still don't like about the NFL's concussion process and the way that they do the concussion protocol. I think with what we've seen from Tua this year, I think with what we've seen with other players saying, hey, I have symptoms, I'm pulling myself out of the game. Kenny Pickett did that earlier this year. To me, that's a sign saying, hey, if you remember what Kendrick Bourne did with the the Patriots a couple weeks ago, where he basically was like, no, 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 stop the play. He needs to get checked because he, he saw a teammate struggling. That is doing more to shine light on the issue right now. And the NFL has a real issue here in terms of they need to figure out a better protocol this offseason. Because I do what think, they have now doesn't work, Amber. I do think the NFL is in a tough spot, though. Because what do you do? Are you going to evaluate players after every single hit or after every time that their head makes contact with the ground? And that sport, a sport that's quite literally tackle football, then you're talking about elongating games, right? And players coming in and out every other play. I mean, it would be so incredibly disruptive. I understand that certainly player safety needs to be first and foremost. It needs to be paramount. I just don't know how you do it with a full, true evaluation when you're talking about a situation like this. Now, we can be super critical of the Dolphins with how they handled some of the other stuff in the past. And we all saw Tua's fingers on that one play. I think you mentioned that was week three. It's all running together for me now. And we could be critical because in that moment we were all seeing it on national television and we were all thinking there's a problem here, right? And they need to go ahead and check him out. He's stumbling when he gets up. Those sorts of things, I do think that we can be very critical of the NFL protocol and maybe the team specifically and how they're handling something. 
This one from Sunday, though, feels a little bit more complicated to me because there wasn't any of those obvious signs. And obviously the team didn't notice it and the NFL didn't notice it until the player on Monday said he was suffering symptoms. And I don't know if more onus needs to be on the players themselves. Like they, But it's very hard because football players want to be out there. We're in must-win type situations here at the end of the season. They always want to play those guys. And so you need to try to protect them from themselves. But at the same time, how do you evaluate that fully if they're not telling you that, hey, I have a problem here, or my head hit the ground a little bit too hard there, or I am suffering some of those symptoms? Yeah, here's, here's where I got a problem with that. They have independent evaluators. They're independent spotters that are at every game. They get every camera angle that you can possibly see, plus they're watching the play on the field. They are the ones that are supposed to spot this and flag this in case a player does not report, in case the officials do not see it, in case there was maybe not a stumble, but you're like, hey, you're concerned. And Marcel Louis-Jacques was with me on Freddie Fitzsimmons last night. He, like I said, covers the Dolphins. He kind of explained a little bit of, hey, what is going on here with the Dolphins and with the NFL? This is a guy with concussion history in this exact situation to where the back of his head hit the ground and he was hospitalized on one occasion or he got up stumbling on another occasion. It feels like this is somebody who should have a note next to his number saying this guy has concussion history Treat with an abundance of caution. So yep. he wasn't looked at on the sideline. He wasn't evaluated on the sideline for a concussion. And this feels like, again, high side's twenty twenty, but it feels like a situation where when you see somebody's head at the ground, you might want to flag down to the guy on the sideline and say, hey, let's go look at one. Let's run some tests. Let's make sure that he's okay. He hit his head on the ground. He's probably fine. He looks fine. Let's just double check. That's where, like, when the NFL promises to use an abundance of caution – that's where you know we can point at that and say, where was it? Uh, and I agree with Marcel wholeheartedly in part because of this. You always hear coaches, some coaches say, oh, I try to treat every player the same. But in reality, you don't. Star players, other players get certain leeway, certain extra, if you want to call it that. Veteran rest days. Well, guess what? You could do the same thing when you're looking at guys when it comes to brain injuries. Because if a guy has a history of it, you can be more cautious. You can say, hey, you know what? Maybe there's a little question there. Go go take a look at him between series, please. Like, So I don't think, Amber, like you were talking before, it does need to slow down the game. I think it's if there's a guy with history, like let's be super duper careful there. I don't have a problem with that. But the, the situation then that it would put... Tua in specifically with the Dolphins because like let's just focus on a guy with the history. You could easily then say, okay, every time Tua's head makes contact with the ground, we're going to pull him and evaluate him. And frankly, if if a player is in that situation, and maybe that's how we absolutely should handle it. But I just don't know then if you're going to have a starting job in the NFL because that's the reality of it then is that if you're getting pulled every other play and if you're entering concussion protocol, you know, multiple games because of the contact that your head has made with the ground, you don't have the best O-line. I mean, you certainly don't have the best O-line in football in front of you protecting you on that Dolphins team. And so it's going to happen, Michael. And that's sort of the situation. And I'm not, again, I mean, the player safety thing, needs to be paramount here, but I am concerned. I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm being transparent about that. I mean, as a Dolphins fan, I can tell you, I am nervous about our reliance here on Tua moving forward, which there's a big decision to be made. It's not fair to Tua. Tua has played great this season. He's taken huge leaps this season under this new coaching staff. 
the accuracy. We've seen the deep throws. It appears to all be there, that chemistry he has with his receivers. But the durability is certainly a concern when it comes to these, it seems like, head injuries. And again, we don't know. We don't know if he had a concussion on Sunday. But the fact that we, again, find ourselves here. And Michael, again, it's not like it was some ugly hit where we all know instantly. Like that to me would be different a bit where it's like, okay, we all see it in front of us. It's not that. It's like he's just on the ground. And I agree with you that in that moment, he probably needs to be evaluated and there probably needs to be an NFL protocol in place. But again, I do think that's probably going to end up being very disruptive to to its grit. Like this could be a legitimate problem moving forward for this player. Sure, but at the end of the day, it's not about the next five, six, seven plays, five, six, seven weeks, or even five, six, seven months. It's about the next 50, 60, 70 years of, of course, his life. Of course. Like, that's the most important thing here. And listen, I've talked to a lot of players about this in my decade covering the NFL and then about a decade covering college football before this, that a lot of times those types of hits don't come on the blows that you think. Mm-hmm. Like, I, can go, I go back to, I remember I was covering the Outback Bowl, and... Jadavion Clowney literally it looked like he decapitated Vincent Smith. Like his helmet was rolling down the field. And you're like, oh, he has to have a concussion. No, Vincent Smith was actually fine. It just looked a lot worse because the helmet popped off. You want to know where the, some of those blows happen are in the subconcussive hits. That's why you see a lot of offensive linemen sometimes get them. They're not having massive blows, massive hits. It's the the little pieces, the little parts of it. That happen, and we don't always see those. Right. So that's why if there's a player, Amber, that has concussion history, like Tua, you have to be cautious. And sure, you figure something out. You say, hey, you know what? We saw that on the first play of the series. At the end of the series, you're getting looked at. Like, I get not wanting to disrupt a series. If Tua seems like he's okay, I get that. But you need to be smarter about it when you have a player with a history. And I'm not even just talking about Tua. I'm talking about any player across the board. If you've had more than one in a season, you go in this, you go into a different category. Amber, I think that that is paramount because that will also, I think, it, what it should do is tell players, hey, we're actually taking this seriously. So... You need to maybe report these things as well because that will help yes. down the road too. I, I guess I, I guess that's my viewpoint as well. Like it, it can't just be the NFL and the team, frankly, tasked with this responsibility. I do think there needs to be more player education. And again, this is easy for me to say. I ain't ever played football professionally, right? And I know those guys want to be out there, particularly again when you're talking about the playoffs on the line. But it does feel like maybe if there's a way for the players' association to educate these guys more on the the damage that could come from the concussions, multiple concussions in a season, concussions throughout their career, which presumably we all know, but maybe it needs to be driven home even more where those guys take it seriously themselves and then they self-report, in other words. Just because I do think, like, again, when we're talking about heads making contact with ground and it's a tackle sport, at some point, maybe Tua also needs to be the one to say, like, during the game, hey, my head made contact, like, y'all missed it, my head made contact with the round on that player. Hey, I'm a little woozy out here. You know, I probably should be evaluated. Maybe some of that onus needs to be put on the player themselves, but I know that's easier said than done. We appreciate your phone calls on the Dr. Pepper call in line here on Greeny, Amber Wilson, and Michael Rothstein filling in for Mike Greenberg. You can always give us a call. Join the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Scott is in Indiana. Scott, thanks for the call. What do you have for us on Tua? I don't disagree with anything that you guys said, but I will say this. 
you know, head injuries are interesting and concussions are interesting. And sometimes it's easy to say, yeah, this guy's got a concussion because you see the fingers or you see him stumbling around. But I think the nature of a concussion is, you know, sometimes you're fine and you wake up and you're nauseous and you don't know if that's because you've got COVID or because your head hit the ground yesterday. Sometimes it's light sensitivity. Uh, sometimes you're fine laying down and when you sit up, you're not right. Uh, and you get a headache and you don't know if that's because of the holiday stress or because you got hit yesterday. Concussions are just, just different. And so I think the fact that, you know, he reported it is a good thing. The fact that they, that, that they did what they did when he reported it is a good thing. Um, but, but concussions are not like a broken leg where you can say, man, the bone's sticking out. That's broken. Uh, they can, the, the, there are a variety of different symptoms. They're not all the same. Uh, and it, it's a moving target and, it, and it's hard. And, and yes, everybody needs to have a role in, in trying to make sure that players are safe, including officials. Um, but, but concussions are just difficult, that's all. I agree with that analysis there, Scott. I mean, that's the situation. It's very easy, I think, to be critical of the NFL and very easy to be critical of the Dolphins in this spot. I think the truth probably is a little bit closer to the complexity of this situation and how complex diagnosing concussions and even recognizing them because you heard him say it right there. I mean, you may not even know it yourself when you've suffered one immediately. Well, that's part of it. And I go back to when I was covering a guy. I'm not going to say which player it was, but he had multiple concussions during his career. And I remember on one of the last ones that he suffered, he went through the rest of the game and then showed up in concussion protocol the next day, kind of similar to what Tua is going through now. And he didn't have any symptoms until that night. And there's been other players I've talked to that you didn't get any symptoms until a day or two after. So I don't necessarily blame the Dolphins here. Now, if they if it turns out that, yeah, there was a uh, blow to the head and with the history like we talked about, yes, you should have done something there. But it's also possible that you would have passed that test at that point because that is, as Scott said, there there are different times that symptoms will come and it varies sometimes by brain injuries. It will vary sometimes by player and you just don't know. But that's the thing and to what Amber had said earlier. The players need to take more onus, kind of like Tua did, which is go and say, hey, listen, I'm not feeling right. I realize the situation you're in as a football team, but this is more important. This is my health. More players need to say that, and I don't know exactly how you get there because some players have that security. Guys like Tua, guys like other big contract guys. There's a lot of guys in the NFL that don't. And there Mm -hmm. needs to be a way that they can do the same thing and report the same thing with the same level of safety and not worry about their jobs because of that. We focus so much on these quarterbacks. These quarterbacks are fine. They're so coveted around the league, right? They make the big money. We all know their names. It's these other positions in the NFL, too, that we seem to overlook when it comes to concussions because we spent so much time talking about the quarterback position. You are absolutely right. With the average length of a career in the NFL is three years. Those guys often, their entire main earning potential of their entire lives is three years long. It is a crazy career path. It sounds like big money at the time. Spread that money out, you know, when you're talking vet minimum and stuff, out over your lifetime with compared to the amount that you're working uh, at the height of your working years. I mean, it is a very strange career and you can understand why players would be scared to miss any of that career or jeopardize it in any way. We appreciate your calls. Triple eight, say ESPN. You can always hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-729-3776. Greeny on ESPN radio is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Amber Wilson and Michael Rostein filling in for Mike Greenberg today. Let's get to Jay. He is in Florida. Jay, thanks for the phone call. What do you have for us on Tua? 
Yeah, I agree with everything you guys say. And I, uh, being a Dolphin fan since I was probably six years old, I do remember, I'm not sure if you do, a hit that Pat White took as the Dolphins quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I think with Tua, you got to take it a step farther where he has a history of concussions. The hit that people say might have been it during the Packers game looks like a normal, everyday hit. How does this guy continue to play in the NFL, I think it's like the Dolphins in the NFL have to push him and say, you got to retire. There's no way to protect this kid. He's had two or three major concussions. I just don't see how the Dolphins or any team keeps continuing down the two a road. To me, you got to push this guy to retire to say he just can't play the game. Yeah, and I don't know because I don't know what makes somebody susceptible to concussions over the next person, right? I don't know how much genetics is involved. I don't know if these things are just happenstance or freak accidents, Michael, because the reality is, though, like you just heard Jay say, like as a Dolphins fan, and I also am a Dolphins fan, the concern here is now durability. And and none of us want Tua, who has a bright future no matter what he does, right? He's a He seems like, by all accounts, a great guy. He's great with the media. Everybody speaks very highly of him and his work ethic. He could go have a career in every, any avenue probably and be successful. I don't think any of us want to a jeopardizing his health for his future and for his family. And there's a whole lot of life after football to live. We all recognize that. The reality is, though, in this sport, if you're not available, you know, the best ability availability, we say it all the time. It's, we've, it's a very tired phrase, but there's a reality to it that you have to be able to be available to your team. And if two is not because of all these concussions and there is a durability element to that, then I could see this, frankly, jeopardizing his future and his career. We appreciate your calls. We're going to continue to get to them. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That, after Michael, tells you about AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. The AutoZone Fix Finder service not only identifies the check engine light code, but also helps identify the most likely cause of the check engine light being on. And for someone like me, well, I need that. The information provided by the free AutoZone Fix Finder service is verified by data from over 5.5 million ASE certified technicians with over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Greeny, the podcast. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We are hanging around filling in for Mike Greenberg here on Greeny. Amber Wilson and Michael Rothstein with you. You can tweet to him at Michael or at Mike Rothstein, rather. You can tweet to me at Amber W Sports. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. It's easy to bundle your home and car insurance on Progressive.com. The phone line is lit. Do you guys want to talk about Tua Tungavaloa? Give us a call, 888 Say ESPN. That is where we find. AJ, he is in New York. AJ, thanks for the call. What do you have for us on Tua? Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, I'm just listening to the conversation, and I don't know your name. I'm sorry, but I agree with the young lady. Um, it's so easy to play Monday morning quarterback on this and blame NFL and do all this stuff, but all these plays being ran, and I played the sport at a, at a, a Division One college level, and with all these plays being ran, there's no way in heck to pay attention to every single time someone gets hit, someone falls, hits their head. It's easy to, to hone in on Tua because he's had a history, but there's there's like there's like a hundred more guys on the field. Like it's, it's it's if we're talking about concussion protocol and all these for all the players, it's impossible to monitor without the players' help. The players have to say something. It's very easy to say, look, to watch a replay on TV and say, look, he hit his head. Yeah, you're watching the replay in slow motion on your couch. You're not on the field paying attention to 22 players at one time moving very fast. That's thanks, what I'm going to say. Thanks it's, for the call, AJ. I mean, I obviously agree with that take. The only thing I will say, because he mentioned the replay, certainly the replay should be available there to the independent people that are brought in to evaluate whether these players are suffering concussions out there, whether they need to enter protocol or whether they need to at least get evaluated. I would imagine that they have replay in those booths, right, Michael? They have every camo available to them at the stadium. So, yes, in theory, they should have every possible angle and they also don't have to do it in real time. They can do it. They have the benefit. You know, there's about four, anywhere between 35 to like a minute and change between plays that you can go back and rewind and watch that and see something. There are opportunities for that. It's one of the things that they've added to the protocol in an attempt to try and make this safer. Now, is it working? Sometimes. Maybe, but clearly not all of the time. But again, it goes back to what we talked about before, Amber, which is symptoms don't necessarily show up right away. And that's why I agree with the caller that 
it is on partially the responsibility of the player to report whenever it is, whether it's right away, whether it's later on that night, whether it's the next day, day after that, day after that, saying, hey, something's not right here. I need to get looked at. And good on Tua for doing that because yes. he's the one who goes to team doctors on Monday and says, hey, I woke up today with concussion symptoms. And so he is transparent there about his own health. And I do think that it's going to require some of that from players. And again, it's hard when you're asking players to monitor themselves and they're in must-win situations and they're trying to make a postseason. If the Dolphins had won that game against the Packers, they'd already be in the postseason, right? And that's all Dolphins fans won. And I would imagine that's all those players on that team want and Tua wants as well. So it's hard to ask in that situation maybe them to monitor themselves, but it's going to require some semblance of that because otherwise it's just so hard to see, I think, from the outside looking in, particularly, again, when we're talking about not monster hits, but just ahead making contact with the ground. Ryan is in Texas. Ryan, thanks for the call. What do you have for us on Tua? Yes, I just want to say that um, in order to kind of combat the concussion uh, protocol or kind of aid in it, you just have a, a hotline um, to where. Good morning. Thanks for the call, Ryan, but you got to give us a call when you're not standing in line at Starbucks or whatever <laughs> just happened there. De- hey, we all, we all got to get our lattes, though, I mean, Amber. I, I, I get mean- it. I get it. Uh, trust me. Uh, trust. I do understand, but you got to give us a call in a very different situation there. Uh, D'Angelo is in North Carolina. D'Angelo, what do you have for us on Tua? You've got about 30 seconds. Okay. How you doing? So um, pretty much I, I agree with what the guy prior to me said that I heard, he said that it's impossible to watch everything happen at all times. And that that's, that's pretty true. But with a guy like Tua, um, he's had, he's had several um, incidents where he's hit his head. They have to make that decision to take him out and evaluate him at least. You know what I'm saying? I do understand their job is hard. It's a hundred people on the field, 52 players on each side. They can't possibly check for everyone, but for him, I think it was, I don't think it was cool that he played the rest of that game, honestly. The thing about it, though, Mike, and I get that, and and that's essentially what you're saying. You're saying, hey, we've got to look at the history here. Tua needs to have a star next to his name. Anything that happens with Tua, his head hits the field. we got to evaluate him. I do think that the hard part about it, though, is none of us know. All of us, all of us know his history. All Like literally all of us, because it's all we've been yeah. talking about. It was all over the Internet. Everything was viral. All the all the uh, criticism there of the Dolphins in the NFL for the other you know potential concussions that Tua has had this season. And none of us noticed like I didn't see it anywhere on Dolphins Twitter after that play. And that's the thing about it is no one watching seemed to notice that there could have been a problem after that play. And again, we think it was that play. We don't really right, know. exactly. We don't know. It could have been a subconcussive hit somewhere along the way as well. There's so many little nuances to this, and I don't want people to focus on that one play where maybe he hit his head, maybe he didn't, because it could have happened before, it could have happened after, and again, it might not have even presented till way, way after. Last night, Sunday night, Monday, could have presented at any other time, and that's when you know. That's just the trickiest part about brain injuries. Listen, it is the most tricky part of all of our bodies is the brain. I've had some concussions in the past. You just never know, Amber. You just never know. We're going to keep getting to your phone calls. The phone line is lit. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Also, one former quarterback thinks Tua needs to shut it down. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or... 
Watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcasts.